Boundless possibilities are the result of removing yourself from your comfort zone and stepping into a place where you are willing to fail, where you have a healthy disregard for what might seem impossible, and where you seize every opportunity to show up as your most fabulous self. And if you're anything like me, you're thinking up business ideas all the time, but bringing an idea to reality definitely isn't all that straightforward. After all, acting on these crazy entrepreneurial ideas will inject chaos into your life. I'm not here to candy coat that. Taking action will probably throw you off balance, but it is from these places of discomfort that we find what drives us. We leap to exhilarating places, we learn to see problems as opportunities, and our confidence for turning problems into solutions is the beautiful byproduct that no textbook will ever give you. And all too often, we get stuck before we ever get started. We have this great idea, but little confidence in knowing what steps we need to take to turn our big ideas into reality. Well, what if you had a clear set of instructions to help you bring your beautiful ideas to life? A roadmap of sorts, kind of like a recipe where you take your compelling idea and with a concrete set of steps, you turn it into something extraordinary. This is exactly what today's guest, Dr. Nicholas, is here to help you with. With her initiative, she is helping early stage entrepreneurs do just that get their brilliant ideas out of their heads and into the world. And today, she's here to show you how you can do the same. The world is your oyster, so let's shuck it. (laughs) Are you ready to take that beautiful idea of yours out of your head and into the world? Well, then this is just the episode for you. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Dr. Nicholas. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you share your story with listeners today. How are you? I'm doing well. It's so great to be here with you, Kelly. Thanks so much for the invitation. Oh, so excited to have you. So, Dr. Nicholas, I know that listeners are going to be especially excited to hear your story of your journey from an academic life or an academic lifestyle into entrepreneurship. So can we start with hearing your journey from point A to point B? Oh, where do I start? It's very likely like many of your listeners that you started off with some nerdy degree. I started off with a nerdy STEM degree. I'm a chemist by training, bachelor's degree and PhD. I have done a postdoc in government in the environmental health field. And I am still working in that field right now, focused on chemicals, whether or not they're safe for people and the environment. So right now, I've also transitioned into starting a side business because I've always been interested in that. I've always had a spark. I want to say that the spark began back when I was in college. I remember talking to one of my best friends from high school. 
we were just thinking, how do we make extra money on the side besides our work study experiences? I was also a babysitter and I had worked many jobs. So we came up with one and her name was Nadia and, you know, my name is Chantel. So we created Shadia Productions and we went to the fashion district in New York City, where I'm from. And we went and purchased bulk fashion jewelry and we started to sell it on campus. And I cannot tell you how much it was amazing to just like sell a pair of earrings for a dollar and then to have like several students walking around in the dining hall (laughs) with your earrings on. It was like the most amazing experience. I want to say that that's when it was sparked for me, my interest in entrepreneurship. But it was only years later, many, many years later, after the PhD, after the postdoc, after the first and second and third job that I launched the Nerd Startup Incubator. It took that long. And I want to say it had a lot to do with my mindset. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that, because I know that that is not uncommon. And before I ask you more about the mindset shifts that you had to make, Can I just say that so many good entrepreneurs have their first venture selling jewelry in a school cafeteria. (laughs) If you could believe this, I had a little business called BSVK, which was Brandy, Vanessa, Shannon, and Kelly. And we made jewelry and sold it in our high school cafeteria. (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome. It makes me feel good to know that I'm not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. And if you can believe it, another interviewee that I had on this podcast also had her start selling jewelry in a school cafeteria. So oh my God. I think all good entrepreneurs start with that. <laughs> let's just say that. So let's hear a little bit more about the mindset shifts that you needed to make. Okay. So the thing is, I've been reading books for a long time, all kinds of books, Thinking Grow Rich. I think I had something called the millionaire mindset. For me, it was like, what do I not know about entrepreneurship, right? I'm picking up all these science books, right? Because this is the field that I'm in, but I don't know enough. I have not learned enough about even managing finances for crying out loud. So how do I manage a business? So I read a lot of books, but it didn't quite get me to the point where I was actually making things happen. So what I did was ended up subscribing to another person's emailing list who was revamping and getting ready to start a whole new coaching program to help folks like me come up with a business idea. So I looked at it as a sign. I was like, finally, it's happening. I'm going to start my business. So I got into this program and it was fantastic because it was the first time someone was helping me. And it's the first time I was in a community with other women and men also trying to create their businesses. So I said, okay, this is like a classroom at the end of the day. I know classrooms, right? They're homework assignments and I'm going to learn and I'm going to do. And so that was my first experience. And I can honestly say that one of the biggest learning or stumbling blocks for me was, okay, what's my idea? What am I going to do? And I know that I needed a lot. I knew that I needed a lot of help. But the advice I kept getting was, oh, well, you have a great career. Why don't you teach people how to create a great career? And for some reason, that wasn't exciting for me enough. I totally understand. Meet people where you are. Meet people where they are and where you are, right? But for me, the idea of reviewing someone's resumes just did not appeal to me. (laughs) So I thought, how can I rely on myself to come up with my own business idea if the only thing I'm reflecting back to people is that I have a great career. (laughs) So I started to brainstorm because that's something that I've always done with other people to help them come up with ideas for how they can make moves in their lives and even businesses and relationships. So I thought, well, Chantel, why don't you put yourself in the hot seat 
brainstorm. So I started to do a lot of walking. And I also read a book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And that really helped me to orient myself to sort of look for inspiration. Then I thought to myself, what is the one thing you wish you can get paid for that you love doing? And I said this, brainstorming. I love helping people come up with ideas. And now it's time for me to come up with an idea for how I can get paid to create innovative ideas. Ideation is something that's sort of like my jam. So that's how the Nerd Startup Incubator was born. I said, how many other nerds like me have no idea what they're going to create in their businesses? They know how to go about learning the information. They know how to even do the tech stuff, how to create a podcast, for example. But they might not necessarily know what's their thing to sell that they can really get behind, that they can be really passionate about. And that's how this business was created. I love it. So your focus was on helping people who have academic backgrounds bring whatever their business idea is into the world with the knowledge that they need around entrepreneurship and creating a business. Because I can relate to the fact that you don't learn that when you're going to school to become a healthcare provider or a chemist or a biologist or whatever. Like those are definitely topics like marketing doesn't ever come up, like creating cash flow statements doesn't ever come up. So I totally respect what you're doing. And I know that there are listeners who have that academic background and dream of starting a business, but they just don't know where to start. And so I think what you're doing is brilliant and will just help so many people. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Nerd Incubator. Can you tell listeners what exactly it is and, you know, um, how it helps entrepreneurs, maybe give a few examples of how it helps entrepreneurs get their ideas into the world? Absolutely. So the Nerd Startup Incubator was born because there are a lot of different sort of lines that I want to add to it. The first line is helping academics uh, get into business, even if they don't know where to start. So it sort of begins with the seven steps I had to take to not only clarify my business idea, but to create it and commit to it. It's so easy to have a bunch of different ideas that you want to start with. You get passionate about it like a new shiny object. And then you find that you start and you stop. You start sending the emails and the emails stop. And so I came up with seven steps that make it very difficult for me to abandon my idea. So that and where I eventually want this incubator to go is to help people to not only come up with their ideas, but to create their actual businesses, launch them, grow, and then scale them. But the very first step, obviously, right, is to kind of get behind an idea you're passionate about. So the seven steps will help you do that. Well, I think without any further ado, we need to know what those seven (laughs) steps are. (laughs) Yes. So the seven steps can be broken up into three main ideas. So one is know what you need to know. The second is define your side business. And the third is learn what you need to learn. The know what you need to know series, you have to know your why, you have to know what you like, and you have to know what you've got. Your why is what are those one or two things in this world you really want to change? The know what you like part is what are your interests? What are your hobbies? What do you really enjoy doing? And sometimes that's hard, right? But at the end of the day, you're gathering intel about yourself to me, which is the easiest thing, right? The third thing is know what you've got. That's when you're putting together uh, your hard and your soft skills and even some other assets that you already have going for you. For example, if you already have a blog set up, that's an asset. 
but you might have some hard skills such as, I don't know, making chemicals, or you are really great at designing websites for people. You might have some soft skills where you're really great at bringing people together. You're excellent at project management. The no series is where you take stock in things that are about you and how you want to change the world, because that is going to be the basis that helps you to really commit, commit to yourself and commit to an idea that's going to impact lives. That's the no series. Yeah. I love that. And is there anything specific that people can be doing to really dig into what their hard and soft skills are? I think especially kind of the soft skills, because those ones might be a little trickier to identify. I can tell you one trick that I've used for myself that I I think could really benefit people. If you have a really good set of close friends or family members, let's say five to 10 of them, and you are having some difficulty pulling this sort of what are your soft skills, I recommend that you write sort of this sort of quick template email or text message to say, hey guys, this year I'm taking stock at the things that I'm good at and and making sure that the experiences that you all are having with me are great. I would love for you to let me know what some experiences that you've had with me that are super memorable. What do you see me as being known for? You can send these text message or email to a few people who you really trust and they will help you take stock. I know for myself, whether you're a woman or a man, I know that it definitely is something that tends to happen with women that we tend to sort of underestimate how incredible we are. So it's definitely useful to, as a trick to kind of help yourself take stock is to ask people who know you best what they think of you in terms of what you bring to the world. And it's very likely that they'll come at you with some soft skills that they know you for. I love it. And it's worth repeating, listeners, you're probably underestimating how amazing and capable you are. So make sure you repeat that in your head for the rest of time. (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. Amazing. So what's the next step? The next step is defining your side business. More often than not, we come into this arena already thinking of something that we want to do. And so after taking stock or gathering intel on yourself, you might be thinking about how you can take whatever idea you had and sort of amplify it. Or you might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. This seems like a lot of work because some of the things that you're really good at are not necessarily things that you want to translate into. Case in point, I have some mentees that I work with who are in STEM at different levels of their careers. And one of the things that I do for them is I, I edit their resumes, right? Because I want them to gain really incredible jobs, right? I do it because of the transformation they're going to have, right? Because I really care about them. But still, it's not something I want to get paid for. It's not something that is exciting for me. But what does excite me is motivating people. What excites me is ideation and brainstorming. So I've decided, okay, this is not what my business is going to be because it doesn't engage this aspect of myself that excites me. So once it comes time for you to define your business idea, you're going to be relying on how you can match up the things that you like and the things that you've got with the change you want to see in this world. So whether you have an idea already or you're coming up with one, you're going to start to bounce some ideas. And I definitely recommend with this particular step is that you take one idea and play it out, sort of play out the scenario, sort of like an experiment, right? (laughs) I'm a scientist. So it's like, you're not necessarily committing to a business just by saying the words, what if I started a podcast or what if I wrote a book? You just play it out. And the way to play it out is, okay, who would I sell it to? 
what is my unique perspective here? How does it line up with my skills, the skills that I want to share with the world? How does it give me the opportunity to do more of the things that I like? Those are the kinds of things you play out and you could do it one by one, polish those pearls and decide which one is the shiniest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So by saying that, you mean by testing your idea a little bit? Yeah, testing it out, you know, like a thought experiment. I see. Okay. I love that. So yeah, just sit with it and see how you feel. How does it feel thinking about it and doing that thought experiment? I love that. So what's step number three? Okay, step number three is when you reach the learn series. Really, it's steps five through seven. So the learn series is you have to learn about your competition, learn about your ideal clients, and learn about how to launch your actual business. So those sound very straightforward, right? Uh, You went from gathering intel on yourself to now gathering intel on other people and also learning some new skills that you may not already have. So who is already supporting the community that you want to support in the way that you want to support them? Go and find out what is it that's so appealing about what I would call leaders in this field that you're getting into that they're able to attract your ideal customers and think about, hey, what are my customers paying for that? Are my customers enjoying that experience? So you're basically gathering intel. And then you want to gather some intel about your customers themselves. Like, who are they? Where are they? What's going on in their lives beyond the fact that they want a product that you want to provide to them? What are the different transformations, the different point A's to point B's that they're going through in their life right now? You're gathering intel because honestly, you're going to consume yourself with them If you know that by helping them, you will inevitably be addressing your why, the change you want to bring to this world, then you are going to have to commit and know as much as you need to know in order to engage them and give them the products that they need. Because inevitably, if they get their hands on your product or service, you know the world would be a better place. So you might as well go and learn about them, learn how to attract them, learn how to get to know them. And that would be that step. There's so much more in there, but that's the basics of the step. Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this free training, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. 
That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. So like, how do you recommend members of your incubator, people who are following this seven-step program, how do you recommend they get started with finding those ideal clients? Well, the first thing to think about is one, where are you? Where are you on social media? For me, my business idea was born out of me trying to solve a problem for myself. And so if it's likely that you are solving a problem for other people that you've solved for yourself or for other people, then you have some kind of idea of where those people hang out. Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Instagram, on Facebook, or any other type of online? I only say online because COVID times, but one, know where they are. That's the one step. And then the second step is to figure out who they are engaging with. Then sort of think about what is it about those people that is really causing them to engage. So that's sort of like how you get to know them. If you, for example, go to one of the leaders' pages, right? The person who's selling what you're already looking to sell. There are tons of people engaging with them, replying to a comment. You can go and look at their profile. A lot of people will put information about themselves on their social media profiles. And they might say things like violinist, bowler, and they might say that they're physicists and they talk about string theory a lot. Hey, looks like 30 of the people who follow this person and who engages with their products are violinists. Is that who I'm seeking to help right now? Those are some ways to sort of gather intel about who the people are that are needing the products that you're interested in selling. It's brilliant. And I mean, how lucky are we that we're able to do that market research in today's age, especially I think, like you said, during COVID times, people may be a little more explicit online and you're really able to gather a lot of information without ever having to sit face to face with a person, which I don't know, I think for a lot of us academic types is never a bad thing. You know, you can sit behind the computer and do your research and it's kind of where you're comfortable. Yes. It's all good. So the step inside of the step, your learn series was research your competition, research your ideal client, but you also said how to launch. Yes. The third is learn how to launch because your leader has created this product and they are selling it. It's very likely you don't have it yet. So what are the steps that need to happen so that you can get that product into the hands of that violinist, right? Is it a book? Do you have to write a whole book? Do you know how to do that? If it's a podcast, do you know the steps that you need to take in order to launch a podcast? So those are the kinds of things that you need to learn. And I want you to know that the reason why we took stock in the No series, why we gathered intel on yourself is so that once you start learning about what it takes, you can already have sort of skills match up. Like, oh, I need to do research. I know how to do research. I'm good at that. So I'm going to do that. Or you might say, I am not really good at writing, but I know that it's going to take words in order for me to engage and create this book. So maybe I need to get some additional help with being a writer. Maybe I need a copy editor. So you kind of get this sort of idea of where your skills match up so that you can create something right now and where you feel that, hey, I really don't have the skill set that is needed to create this product. Do I want to create a different product? Do I want to use a different angle or do I just want to enlist some help in order to get that part done so that I can focus on the things that do excite me in launching my product? Absolutely. What an important thing not to overlook. Like you've got to enjoy what you're doing. You're going to commit to this for the long term. Make sure that you like it. (laughs) Yes, you want to be excited about this business because the goal, right, is to clarify, create and commit. Commit is the biggest part. 
you want to commit to your business. And it's really hard to do that if it feels like an uphill battle most of the time. You will learn new skills, right? But you want it to make sure that more often than not, there's not a sense of worrying when it comes to doing this. Absolutely. And like, I think most people who have ventured into entrepreneurship know that at the beginning, it's really new and exciting and adventurous and you're full of energy and zest and, you know, you're laying awake at night because everything is just at the onset, like you're honeymooning, I guess. You're (laughs) in the honeymoon phase and that all kind of goes away. So you need to make sure that after all that excitement and after that honeymoon phase is worn off, like you still love and are passionate about your idea and what you're doing. Absolutely. Amazing. So what is the next step? That is it. I went through the seven steps. Know your why. Know what you like. Know what you've got. Define your side business idea. Learn about the competition. Learn about your ideal clients and learn how to launch. Those are the seven steps because this is what's going to basically give you your roadmap to starting your business. The next step is to launch, right? To set your launch date. And I just wanted to add this, that if you are a professional, what I would call an expert, right? You have degrees, there are things you definitely know how to do. Just know that there are so many transferable skills that you have in your career that you can transfer to your business right now. Some of us think that, hey, how can I possibly sell anything? I don't have any sales experiences. But if you've ever written a resume, I keep bothering resumes for some reason. Resumes are great. I, nothing against resumes. But if you've ever written a resume, then you've basically written a sales script. <laughs> if you've ever gotten an interview and got the job, then you are excellent at selling yourself. At the end of the day, when you're creating your business, people are going to be purchasing your product because you are the one that's selling it. So I just want you to know, take stock in the fact that if you are pretty sold on you, others will be too. I love that. And like, I think sales skills are something that are incredibly transferable and something that if you're going to commit to learning something about how to sell something, that will never be a waste of your time. And my husband and I joke all the time that we learn our best sales skills from convincing our seven-year-old to eat vegetables or whatever on a daily basis. It's all about marketing. Like, how are you going to position that thing to get you to the end goal? You can just learn that day to day inside of your own household. You can learn that when you're trying to convince someone to come on board with your opinion or your idea. And I think it's just something that's so useful day to day, but also something that I think that we're all working on and improving day to day too, just in everyday life. Yeah. I love that. So tell me a little bit about some of the people that you help inside your program. Do you have any examples of where someone started and where your program helped to get them to? I can give you an example of a young lady, her name is Matilda, looking to start a business and she had some idea of what she wanted, but she was lacking confidence. That was her biggest thing that she wanted to discuss with me was confidence. And without like giving out all of her business, what she found was that she was too giving of herself in other ways because she had this imposter syndrome. She felt that she was maybe too accommodating in her life. And the fact that she was too accommodating in certain ways that it was affecting her ability to want more for herself, right? She was so used to taking care of others that she wasn't used to sort of stepping into this energy of, now how do I go and create something for myself confidently? So I helped her build confidence by helping her build clarity around her business idea. And once she got some clarity around her business idea, she realized that, you know, because 
of her why and how she wants to change this world that she doesn't have any time <laughs> to think about being accommodating to other people because she's so focused now on what she needs to do to bring more transformation. So she's basically focusing right now on writing her philosophy. What major transformation did she go through? What transformations that she had her sister go through as a result of working with her in her health business? And she felt at the end of our call that she had so much clarity that she got more out of it than she thought. Because honestly, I'm not a therapist, but there are some things that I've done to build confidence in myself. And for me, the biggest way to build confidence is to have clarity around who you are and who you want to be and creating an environment where you can focus on just that thing as opposed to focusing on what you're lacking. That's why gathering intel on who you are helps you to build this confidence around yourself and to just like sort of keep looking forward. Yes, I love that. And I love that in your program, you start with your why, because that's what it all comes back to every time. If you put barriers up, which we all do, and they're often mindset barriers, I'm too busy, I don't have time, I feel too guilty. You can always ask yourself, well, what's more important? Is it more important to you to deliver on your why and make that significant impact and help those people that you haven't helped yet? Is that more important or is it more important that you go by the schedule that you're currently living or that you let time always be a barrier? Like what is more important? And I think that's a brilliant place to start is what it always comes down to, you know, is your imposter syndrome more important or is getting your product into the hands of the people who could really benefit from it more important? Yeah, the why is very layered. Let's say you come up with one or two sentences why, you might want to ask further, well, why is that important? What would it mean if that happened? How would it change people's lives? How can the world be better? You keep asking those questions because as a result of her answering some of those questions, she came up with herself that, hey, I don't have time to focus on my lack (laughs) because she realized that time is the reason why she wanted to create her business so that people can have more time living their lives more fully. And she said, I don't want people wasting their lives by not taking care of their health. And I want people wasting time. And then it was like a eureka moment. Well, I'm not going to waste my time focusing on the things that's going to keep me from starting my business like an unhealthy mindset. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I'm curious to know, because as someone who has left the healthcare world and Here in Canada, that's very much associated with job security and pensions and, you know, status and titles and all of those things. When I made the decision to transition from all of that into this world of entrepreneurship with all kinds of uncertainty and, you know, none of the pensions or paid vacations or any of those things, people thought I was crazy. That definitely played into, I guess, the psyche of making that transition. So I'm wondering if you personally or maybe some of your clients inside of your incubator have dealt with negative comments or doubt from others in regards to your venture. And if so, how do you recommend people overcome that or how did you yourself overcome that? I have to be honest. I started to build an environment around me of people who are encouragers. So I joined uh, mastermind groups, I joined Facebook communities, and I listened to certain podcasts. And I decided that I don't have anyone in my life pursuing a business like in my family or personally. So instead of going and seeking this sort of validation from people who are not experiencing this right now, let me go and get together with people who are experiencing this because 
it'll just help me sort of manage my expectations as well, right? If you have friends and family who are also in sort of full-time nine to five positions and they haven't mentioned starting a business, then security probably really matters to them. They care about you more than anything else, right? So if they tell you, I don't like this idea or are you sure, it's really because they are in your corner and they are scared for you. (laughs) They do care, but they don't know how to support you. So I would say, let's build your environment so that you can have people who do know how to support you versus try to rely on support for people who've never really had this kind of experience. So I want to say that my experience has been great. Even some of my friends who are not starting businesses have been supportive, but I went after it myself first and started to build sort of a new network and then eventually bring some of my friends and family into it where they're like, oh, wow, this is great. Look at what you've done. And it's not really so much me looking for validation. It's more like you're part of my life. I want you to see this thing that I'm building. And is there anything that you wish that you'd done differently in that startup phase? Oh, wow. A lot of things. I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things wrong. I wish that when I I got this eureka moment about this idea that I didn't doubt that I was onto something. I felt that I was onto something, but I sat on it for a while because it wasn't what someone told me I should do. And as you know, when you're a scientist, you run multiple experiments many times over. You pretty much know what your products are going to be if you start with the same ingredients. But if you have never created a business before for yourself, you have no idea what the outcome is. You can't predict. And by the way, I'm a data scientist, right? I do a lot of predictive modeling. I always want to know what the future is. I think it was for me, holding myself back because I can't see the future. I don't know. But one thing that really helped me, I think this might be a quote from Abe Lincoln. I think it's the only way to predict the future is to create it. You have to create your future. I would go back and tell myself, guess what? We're going to create it. We're not even going to worry about whether or not this is proven or that's proven. You're going to just make it happen. That's what I would have told myself. So I would encourage anyone here who's being held back in this sort of what I call business idea purgatory. <laughs> you are in the VIP section because you're just not sure that you know, you're not going to fail to just move forward to the VIP section <laughs> and just get your business out there. Absolutely. You gave me goosebumps when you said you need to create your future. I think it's such an important message for people to hear because the business isn't going to come to you the business ideation, the the perfect plan, the perfectly executed business plan, all of those things, they're not going to come to you. You need to go to them and you need to be okay with starting out imperfectly and moving through it imperfectly and learning from that and just going for it. Like it's not going to be all figured out for you at any stage. So if you're waiting for that, you're going to wait forever. So I love that message. It gave me goosebumps. So (laughs) thank you for that. I want to know, speaking of goosebumps, what is your big dream for the Nerd Incubator? The Nerd Startup Incubator will eventually be what you would call sort of a business incubator, an accelerator. So you've probably seen Shark Tank. And uh, I don't know, do you guys watch Shark Tank over there? Yes, we do watch Shark Tank in Canada. We also have our Canadian version called Dragon's Den. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I would love to watch an episode of Dragons then. That sounds so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We have the dragons and, you know, it's a very similar show for sure. I actually had a really great experience back when I was living in North Carolina where I participated in sort of a Shark Tank-like experience. I went to an idea pitch startup weekend 
And I got together with a group whose initial idea won. So because we won, we were able to stay there and incubate over three days and come up with our ideas. Like we did the market research, shot videos, and we came up with a stellar presentation. And at the end, we were among, I think, seven to 10 groups who presented their ideas to an audience, right? With dragons. And we won second place. And that was so fun because let me tell you how many skills were transferred in that. One is the fact that I love doing research, right? I'm a researcher. I'm a coder. I use all of those experiences in order to do the market research for us. I also am a Toastmaster and spent a lot of time preparing presentations. So I transferred so many skills that I already had into what this business idea was that we were pitching. And I said, wow, if only I can help fellow nerds realize how much they got going for them, that could really help them build their business. So for me, the idea is to eventually help fund these sort of big ideas that nerds have. But I really want them to start with where they are now. What can you do to help people now? You don't have to wait until technology catches up with you, with your idea. You don't have to wait for 10 years to start your business. Rather, let's create something now and eventually get you to the stage where there are other products that you're creating because you already are engaging right now. I feel that the biggest motivator for you to create more businesses and more ideas is success with one. So start with one pearl, polish that first, and then you'll find that there are more that you want to develop and create because you realize, wow, at this rate, there's so much more I can do. You're going to be continually driven by your why. I'm just looking forward to helping people get through that whole experience. Absolutely. And there's so much learning that can be done by doing, right? I think that may be a little bit of a foreign concept for people who have gone through the academic side of things. You learn a lot from studying and reading about those who've gone before you and things like that. Whereas in the world of entrepreneurship, where there's not necessarily a perfect textbook answer for how to create and launch your business, you learn so much by just doing it and doing it imperfectly and not being afraid. And I love that because I think it's kind of foreign territory for a lot of people, especially I think in the academic world. So Dr. Nicholas, I need to know what is your send-off piece of information? What can listeners do today to get one step or a million steps closer to getting their business idea from their head and into the world? Yes. So I have created a whole workbook, a nerd's guide to starting a side business, seven steps to take, even if you don't know where to start. It goes through the seven steps that I mentioned here. There are worksheets within the workbook. It's fillable guide. And I'd love for you to have that. I'll walk you through it. There are some really great quotes for motivation. And I would love to offer that as a free gift to your audience who's interested in sort of working out some of those questions a little bit more. So yes, I'd love to offer that to you. I think it's sort of like my first brainchild. And I know that it is exactly what I did to help me get to this point, this point where I feel I'm clear on what it is that I want to do. I've actually started to create it and I feel pretty, pretty 100% committed to it. Yeah. And I think at the end of that, you've got something that's invaluable, which is the confidence to actually just go ahead and get started, right? Like it doesn't get much better than that. That's really kind of the thing that you can't read out of a book, but that you need to do a little bit of work to have the confidence to actually do it. So thank you. That's so generous of you. I will make sure that we put a link to that free resource in the show notes for anybody who would like to get their hands on working through those seven steps. And 
getting the confidence that they need to actually start doing the thing that's up inside their head. Yes, I echo that. Confidence is key. And this is what you will gain after going through my steps. Dr. Nicholas, I can't thank you enough for generously sharing your time, wisdom, expertise, and your stories with us today. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing all of that with listeners today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. This was an incredible experience. I love what you're doing. While so many of us have great business ideas, only a tiny few will actually do the work and follow through. And I need you to do me a solid. Please don't let perfectionism or fear stand between you and your dreams. By being methodical and taking the steps that Chantal has given you today, you will be able to establish the momentum you need and set yourself up for success. And here's my advice. Don't forget to celebrate milestones along the way. Be on a constant quest to improve and always be nimble and willing to adapt to your market. Most importantly, promise me you'll at least believe in yourself the way others do. For more information on today's episode, including how to reach Chantel and find her resources, please visit kellylawson.ca slash 035. I certainly hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.